This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents, which you can also access at cortezcurrents.ca. Fisheries and Oceans Canada, DFO, is in the midst of consultations about the immediate future of fish farms in the Discovery Islands and transitioning the open net pen industry out of coastal British Columbian waters by 2025. The DFO approved the expansion of Cermak Canada's farms at Bowden Bay, Miller Channel, and Dixon Bay in Clayquit Sound. Dan Lewis, Executive Director of Clayquit Action in Tofino, explained, The Department of Fisheries has a website where they put forward new applications. So we keep a pretty close eye on that. And we were quite alarmed to find out that a CERMAC in Clackwood Sound here was applying to expand three other fish farms to increase the biomass in the fish farms, the amount of fish they're growing. They want to expand two of those farms by 50% and one of the farms by 25%. That's the equivalent of adding one and a quarter new fish farms in the Clackwood Sound UNESCO Biosphere region at a time when the Department of Fisheries is trying to figure out how to get fish farms out of BC waters. David Camille, Managing Director of CERMAC Canada, emailed, quote, The BC salmon farming sector is BC's largest food export and very important to multiple rural coastal communities, including Indigenous communities. So I fully expect that the federal government and BC's provincial government will work with our industry and First Nations who are working with the industry on the development of a responsible plan that will support a long-term, sustainable salmon farming industry in BC, unquote. Stan Probish, senior scientist at the Watershed Watch Salmon Society, disagrees. When the judicial inquiry around Fraser River sockeye ended in 2012, Justice Cohen tabled 75 recommendations. The third one essentially suggested that DFO has a potential conflicting interest in that they both promote salmon farming and the industry and its products, yet they also have this mandate to conserve wild fish. He recommended that promotional mandate be removed from DFO. That recommendation has not been fulfilled, and I think that problem still exists within the department, and that problem may be the reason we're seeing these expansions. I know that the Minister of Fisheries has been informed of these concerns by a number of different people and groups. I hope that she can actually change the trajectory and get us back on track to transitioning from open net salmon farms by 2025. There's still time to do that, so she just needs to get this back on the rails. Cortez Currents interviewed both candidates for regional director of the Discovery Islands in the upcoming October 15th election. Mark Dahl said, I'm confused as to how we could be considering an expansion at this time. It concerns me that it looks like we're heading in a direction that is opposite to the ministerial letter and what we have been told is the direction for sea farms. We have to really consider the position of the hereditary chiefs, of the native bands on this issue. I think they've been very clear as to their position of fish farms in their traditional waters. 
we all know the work done by Chief George Quaxister and Alexandra Morton on this issue. I think their arguments are quite compelling. It still remains divisive when you dive into the science and you see reports like, I think it's Dr. Simon Jones has been tracking how sea lice, for example, has fallen off a cliff in, in contained pens because of the use of an ivermectin derivative drug. We have clear science that there has been transmission of sea lice to our fish, even though those numbers have come down in recent years. But there's a whole bunch of other diseases that are getting a lot less attention like amniotic gill disease, infectious salmon anemia, uh, heart and skeletal muscle inflammation. So there's a whole bunch of other things out there that don't get the headlines that, say, sea lice has had over the last little bit. Robin Winnie added, I believe that moving to land doesn't deny the fish farm companies the opportunity to farm salmon, and it does give them ultimate opportunity and responsibility for the parasites and the wastes that they produce. 30 years ago, I worked on a fish farm up in Cliff Bay, north of the Broughton Archipelago. It was a pretty fun, salty, rustic life, living on a float house and hand-feeding the Atlantic salmon. There was a lot of orcas and humpbacks and dolphins. The manager on the farm that I worked on really prioritized fish farm health. We didn't feed antibiotics. Sometimes we added vitamins to the pellets by emptying the sacks into a cement mixer and stirring them around with herring oil to make the vitamins stick. Back then, I didn't think much about herring oil, but I definitely do now. It's evident to anybody reading the news that salmon stocks are struggling. I think it's due to many pressures, climate change, logging, affecting river levels, sports fishing, and the continued 20% of the herring which is taken from the sea every year. I believe that there are huge impacts to, to removing these tons and tons of wild forage fish from the oceans in favor of growing Atlantic salmon in the Pacific Ocean. My understanding is that the fish farm pellets that fish farms fish are fed are made of small fish, fish which aren't generally for human consumption. Do we see these impacts now in depressed herring stocks? 80% of the herring fishery is a reduction fishery, which goes to pet food or fish farm pellets. 20% of that herring fishery is roe from the females, and it's primarily for Asian markets. Cermak Canada appears to be looking beyond DFO's 2025 deadline. In their May 25th news release, Camille mentioned looking forward to the next five years of farming within Ahusat territory. He subsequently informed Cortez Currents, quote, we're working under the governance of the Ahuasat Nation, and with their consent, we're working hard and will find a pathway forward for our operations in Clayquit Sound and Ahuasat territory. Our new protocol extends to the end of 2025, and we are using that time to refine what our operations will look like moving forward beyond 2025, and definitely innovation plays a critical role in that plan. I think CIRMAC can see the writing on the wall and they've decided their only strategy that's going to possibly work is to just try to bulldoze their way through. They are spending millions of dollars upgrading infrastructure here in Clackwood Sound right at a time when there's a transition underway. They're shoring up the status quo and it's obvious that they're going to then make the argument to the DFO 
look, we just spent millions of dollars on infrastructure. Why did you let us do that if you knew we'd have to take them out of the water? It's going completely in the opposite direction. Wild salmon in Clackwood Sound are in precipitous decline. We are losing our wild salmon. They are on the brink of extinction. Chinook in Clackwood Sound are in worse shape than anywhere else on the coast. We have 20 open net pen fish farms in the Biosphere Reserve. Cermak has 14 fish farms here. The other company is Creative. They operate in Okoyat territories. They're rearing Chinook and they have PRV on their farms. Have you heard any responses back from DFO? We were asking them to not approve them. And DFO basically tried to deny that there were applications underway. And then they kept trying to tell me there would be no net increase in biomass. And it came out eventually that it sounds like what CERMAC wants to do is run fewer, bigger farms. That is driven by a profit motive. That's how corporations work. They're doing so much management, like treating for sea lice with various mechanical devices and chemical warfare. It might be cheaper for the company to only have to treat one farm rather than treating two farms. So DFO tried to tell me that there would be no net increase in biomass in the water, but that's not written into the licenses. We have no proof that that is going to be the case. What we see is an increase in biomass in three farms. We just don't think that more farm salmon are going to help the wild salmon that are already struggling. Are there any fish farms where the five-year growth rotation is coming to an end? I'm not sure off the top of my head, but there's no fish farms that are going to be pulled out of the water. They're not saying we're going to give you bigger farms here and you have to pull these other farms out. They will continue to have that license, probably keep that infrastructure in the water and probably try to use it. CERMAC reoccupied its Raza Island farm off the northern tip of Cortez Island last May, but is waiting for DFO approval before stocking it with fish. When Cortez Currents contacted Camille, about his company's prospects, he replied, quote, It's difficult for us to predict at this point. We believe there can be a future in the Discovery Island region again, working with nations interested in the economic benefits of aquaculture and potentially salmon farming, while using innovation and science to minimize and or eliminate risk to wild salmon as per the minister's considerations. We are just too important of an industry to this region to not try to find solutions and a future that can work for all parties, unquote. I think that would go against the best science of the moment, even though the science in some respects is still debatable. We have strong work done by Alexandra Morton. We've got some very compelling video and coverage out of hereditary chief George Quack's sister, and others that really underscore the problems that we've had with pen salmon and its effects on wild salmon. There's been a lot of reference to the lower sea lice rates in the last two years as pen salmon have been removed. It's always easy to draw a straight line between two points, but there seems to be something very important that needs maybe some more study. At the end of the day, we're looking at going against what our First Nation partners are clearly stating. We're going against some of the best science that we have. So frankly, it's just concerning that they look to be reinstating fish farms in places where we've removed them at this point. 
when I began my candidacy, it was important to me to connect with the First Nations on whose traditional territories the construct of Area C is overlaid. I had the opportunity to meet with Chief Ronnie Chikite and his council, as well as Councillor Thomas Smith of the Tlawitsis First Nation and Chief Darren Blaney of the Hamalco. Chief Blaney clearly stated to me that the Hamalco do not want fish farms in their traditional territory. He also described to me additional avenues that they are working on to pursue and support salmon health. I think it's really important to me to respect the First Nations desires for their traditional territories. You've been listening to interviews with Dan Lewis of Clayquit Action, Stan Probish from Watershed Watch, Robin Mawinney and Mark Dahl, who are both in the race for Regional Director of Area C in the upcoming October 15th election, and an email from David Camille, Managing Director of CERMAC Canada. Cortez Currents also reached out to the BC Salmon Farmers Association and to Cortez Island candidate Mark Vonish, neither of which replied in time for this broadcast. DFO responded, We are looking into this for you. Their email will most likely be posted in a follow-up to this article. This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents. Goodbye.